Kuanviyoma Law PLLC is 100% native owned and operated, founded by Viren Kuanviyoma. Their practice areas include corporate law, business transactions, finance, economic development, gaming, casino development, online gaming, real estate, environmental permitting and approvals, telecommunications, government affairs, employment and labor relations, historic preservation and cultural resources, and energy. Kuanviyoma Law is committed to making positive and lasting change in our communities as they support nonprofit volunteering. Community activism and employing Indian preference in hiring and vendor relations. Your family's health is important. Access and Kids Care can help you care for the people you care about. See a doctor on or off reservation at IHS Tribal and Urban Indian Clinics or anywhere else. Health coverage through Access and Kids Care is offered at no cost to tribal members, their children, and their grandchildren. To make an appointment with someone who can help you apply for health coverage, visit coveraz.org or call 211. If you already have Access or Kids Care, don't forget to renew. Cover AZ can help with that as well. That's C O V E R A Z dot org or call 211. The Vehongdem Creations is an indigenous woman owned small business specializing in handmade fine arts, primarily custom jewelry and attire. The artist behind The Vehongdem Creations is AJ Nakwaitiwa, and the work she makes explores the relationships between modern culture with a respect for Hopi traditions and values. The pieces she creates results from her hope to make indigenous art visible. Nakwaitiwa aims to promote and sustain the continued practice of those arts for future generations. You can find available work online at www.thevehongdemcreations.com, and you can also follow at thevehongdem under. Score on Instagram and Twitter or the Vehongnam Creations Facebook to stay up to date. are now listening to the Carl and J-Man Save the World podcast. I am your host, the five-star, five-diamond chef, J-Man, and with me is drama, Mr. Drama Boy, Carl. Oh, man. It's been a great weekend out here on the beautiful Arizona, the heart of Hopi, and it's been it's been wonderful. Did you get enough sleep? I did not get enough sleep. You did not get enough rest? I don't, I don't get enough rest. It, it's kind of telling. Yeah. It's, it's kind of telling. And then, you know, I, you admitted to me that your sweatpants haven't been washed since, uh, I don't know, two weeks. And, you know, I believe you because I'm sitting right next to you. And uh, I, I, I can smell yeah, yeah. Where, where it is that you were within those last two weeks. Uh, they probably smell like sheep and all sorts it of- smells like shit, Carl. <laughs> I didn't wipe with passion. <laughs> and we're back this week with our fifth episode of season 10. And so we'd like to thank everybody else out there that has been listening, that have has re-engaged with the podcast since we returned. And, you know, some good news is that we will be announcing a, uh, a raffle. A congratulatory yeah. Yeah, raffle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe it's been announced, you know, because uh, I've been off of social media for a bit. So I have absolutely no idea what type of uh, what's been coming out of the Facebook or the Instagram. Yeah, I think I, I imagine that something's happening. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I'd like to think so. I think, I think there's like so. stickers and stuff. Okay. <laughs> we'll talk about uh, you know the blind man staring the ship, and so that that tends to be the instant. But the the information about the thank you raffle will be going out pretty soon, and you know big shout out to our social media manager AJ who has been conducting that, and so we are back this week. And you know, kind of one of the funny things that I've heard. Uh, right before we came in to record today and kind of wanted to share with the listeners, because I don't know anybody who does this, but you know, you have your cell phones and about up to two years ago that if a scammer called you, like you knew it because it was some real weird Jamaican zip code number. <laughs> and then, so, you know, you, you knew not to answer and then the scammer started getting sophisticated and then the phone call started having local zip code or, or a local local uh, 480-602-928 number to where they disguised it to where you're thinking it's a local call. 
And then you'd get fooled. And the next thing you know, you're talking to somebody trying to sell you timeshares in Bermuda. But there is somebody that actually answers these calls willingly, knowing that they're scammers. And that's you, Carl. No, 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 no. You, you got that wrong. I deliberately call <laughs> <laughs> these scammers. Okay, so. And it, it's funny because like, just to say that Carl talks to scammers, like that doesn't do it justice. Like you have full on conversations. Yeah, I have full people, on conversations. And you people. ask them like a million different questions to the point that you're irritating these people. And so these people that normal folks like myself are trying to avoid that you're annoying these people. <laughs> and it's annoying these scammers. <laughs> it's like, something that I've never <laughs> heard of before. And, you know, you were talking, you were on the phone. I, I really thought you were talking to somebody that you knew when I first heard you walked in walked in on you when you're on the phone but it, after a while I realized that once I heard that Indian accent from the person that you were talking to this guy's you talking want, you want me to try to, to call them back scammer. to see what they say <laughs> see what see what they say let's see if they're let's see if they're answering uh answering in a way um, we are sorry there uh, is available. oh man they, they, blocked, they blocked my number they blocked your number <laughs> <laughs> and so it is the funniest thing that, you know, that you would call these people on your own and then just annoy the hell out of them. But I, I, I thought that that was really funny. And I thought that the listeners should know that about you. Yeah, I I do this because um, like, you know, because I, I almost got scammed myself before mm -hmm. and I caught on pretty quickly. And I said that I, I don't want anybody to go through this, this type of thing like that, especially with people that don't know what they're doing, especially because yeah. they, they call from PayPal, they call from uh, they call from your bank, they call from Social Security, they pretty much call from any place that is is a business, and they say that okay, why don't you um, go to your computer and download this this software here, uh -huh. and they get onto your computer and then they mess up your computer by going into your files. They go in there and they they open up your bank account. They pretty much just take everything that oh, they wow. want, and wow. so. And so I like doing this because it just gives me uh, entertainment sometimes. <laughs> and then, and plus too, the more that I spend with them is the less that they're on with because an, they, they a don't potential even, They victim. don't even call you anymore. Yeah, they don't call me anymore. That's I, why you have to call them. I, I call them. I call them. So <laughs> <laughs> I call them because, uh, you know, I... Because I think they have me on like a do not answer list <laughs> right now. <laughs> Like, what are they going to do? Like, what are they going to do? They're all the way in India. Yeah. And they yeah. can't do anything. Yeah. They only have my number and my name pretty much. And they can't do anything. They, if they try to get into my bank account, they're probably going to say, oh, poor guy, let's give him money. Well, you know, when I first walked in on you while you were having this conversation with, with the scammer, I started laughing immediately because it's the funniest thing in the world. Like you're asking, you're asking this guy where he is. You're asking him yeah. what time zone he's in. You're just as, and you're doing it so calmly too. Like there, there's absolutely no emotion in your voice when you're talking to these people. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, I was just laughing so hard. And then I, I came to the very bad realization that you're somebody that I have to talk to on a daily basis. <laughs> And that when it comes to who can annoy each other, that I have absolutely no chance to survive. <laughs> that if you have the patience to be on the phone with scammers to the point to where you annoy them. <laughs> and like, I, I'm an emotional guy. Like, like the listeners out there don't know that, but like, I'm an emotional guy. I definitely wear my heart on my sleeve. And yeah, so I, yeah. I, I am not texting you unless I absolutely have to. <laughs> Actually, the funny thing is that, you know, that he, you actually get mad. You actually get mad on the podcast sometimes. Yeah, I and do. And I do it I because do. I do it because I, I like to get, I, I like to annoy you. And <laughs> I know that you do. <laughs> and I know that you figured it out. And that's why I'm just really listening to you talk to the scammer. It's like this guy has like a master's degree in annoyance and there's just absolutely no way. <laughs> Even even with the knowledge that I have, there's just no way that I can compete with you. So, so I, I from this point out, I'll only text you if I absolutely have to. So a, a tip out there: if you do get a, a suspicious email that said from like anywhere, call this number an eight hundred number, and you do call it, and an Indian guy answers it. A tip is to call them bull. 
<laughs> Call them bull. <laughs> that means boy in in Hindi. So, <laughs> or posh, or I don't know what they they their languages. But call them bull, and they hate it because they hate being called boy. If they if it's a guy, they hate being called bull <laughs> because it just defines their masculinity. So I just call them. If you if you find out that day, you have to connect to somewhere. Call them a bull. Yeah. Call him a boy. <laughs> but anyway, so so we do have a topic of discussion. Yeah. And it's not this. I mean, we, this is going to be our probably this, really good, this, good, I, good I just, topic. I just threw that out there because that's <laughs> it's just such an unusual thing. Like, who who willingly talks to these people? I want You're to You're the only to. person I know that's willing to talk <laughs> to these people. And so I thought that the listeners would appreciate to know that about you. But we do have a topic today. And yeah. so our topic actually somewhat stems from last week's topic because last week we did talk about we, we did have a pretty lengthy conversation about uh, Indian boarding schools and kind of how that um, I guess how that associated with Hopis and what the Hopis part in that history was yeah what some of those institutions were that some of our people were sent to and then you know if you really want to listen to an extended version of that discussion that we did talk to that we did speak to that topic a lot more on the paid content. And so if you want to support us and pay that $7.99 a month, that you can be able to do that on the anchor.fm website slash CJ podcast 85. But really, you know, I guess extending this conversation and then really pushing it into the contemporary times talking about school today. Yeah. And yeah. So basically, you know, long winded version of saying that, our topic today is about school. About school. It's about school. And we've talked to, we've spoken to the topic of school to a degree in past episodes before, but I think that this is really going to be the first time that we've ever really talked about the current conditions of our schools here on the reservation. And I think really just because, you know, the educational system is such an important aspect of a person's development, starting all the way from, you know, to your diaper days and then, you know, going transitioning into the K through 12 system. And for those that do end up pursuing a higher education, but really, you know, kind of the condition of where we're at in today's society. And, you know, we were supposed to have a special guest today. We were supposed to have a special guest, but that fell through. And so now we're going to have to ride this topic solo. I, you and, know, and, you know, I, I told you earlier that we were going to talk about this and then, you know, all these different people that you thought of that would have made a good guess kind of started coming out your mouth. And then I figured, you know, well, we've spoken to topics with less knowledge, just <laughs> you and I. So I, I figured that we could carry this conversation. You know, I think the reason why is because a lot of the schooling systems deal with a higher representative of whatever a school system should be. And talking to a teacher in, in otherwise, you know, they just don't want to have backlash on the whole education system because they already know what we're going to be asking them. They, we, they already know that the school system is a fail, uh, basically is a failed system here on the Hopi reservation. And they don't want to kind of agree with it. They just want to keep their jobs and they just want to do all that stuff just to be, you know, the mindless part of it that, uh, that uh, bond education is all worth or all, all about. Well, uh, a backstage look is that I actually did reach out to three different educators yeah, and they all fell through. Yeah. And I, I really think that, you know, um, one of them, well, actually two of them really were asking, well, what kind of questions are you guys yeah. going to ask? Yeah. Because then, you know, to, I, I guess in, in, when I was really thinking about it, when this last person fell through that, I thought that, you know, well, maybe it's more fair that you and I talk about this solo, because then as you're saying that some of the educators that do currently work within the school systems today, or even the administrators or anybody that's employed by any one of our local schools, that they do have something to lose, I suppose. Yeah, to they, some do, extent, have, they because do have, then, you know, it, it's scary to go publicly. And especially if there's something negative that you have to say that, you know, possibly that their employers are out there somewhere listening to this yeah. or, you know, yeah. school board members or you know, of any of the schools may be listening to this. And then they're in turn, possibly some sort of repercussion for really speaking their mind. And it was funny because then, you know, one of the, the, the first person that had asked to be on this and, you know, they essentially initially, 
Luckily, they agreed. And then, but they did ask, you know, what, what are you guys going to be talking, talking about? about? Yeah. And, you know, then it got to a point where this person kind of reached back out and said, you know, what? I don't think I can do it because then, you know, I don't, there's nothing positive that I can say yeah. Yeah. In, in this topic. And then there was another person too that said kind of similar to the same thing. It's going to be really hard for me to say something positive. And my initial thought was like, well, do you guys even listen to our podcast? <laughs> <laughs> are, do we always say positive things? Like, I'm pretty sure that, you know, at least for the most part that there's a lot quite quite a bit of negativity that spewed out on this podcast and so it's like when they responded in that way i was like of course that's no problem you want to say something (laughs) negative say something negative by all means but you know they they really felt that it was in their own best interest it was yeah if they refrained from being on the podcast and really sharing what they wanted to say but then you know i guess really unfortunately you know that looks like that's like a huge indictment of the current state of our educational system it is. that we do invite educators to be on the podcast to share something about the current state of our educational system that they find difficulty of finding something positive to say. So what's, what sort of positivity thing aspect can you say about the school systems? That it keeps our children they, they, there. I was just about to say, they, they keep my kids <laughs> out of my hair. For about eight hours a day. Between eight to three o'clock <laughs> in, 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 during the daytime. But I guess, you know, really kind of going back to that introduction, because then, you know, I really did feel that this topic was fitting to have right after the last conversation that we had, because, you know, there's just that huge discussion point of Indian boarding schools. And, you know, to be honest, is that, you know, this whole topic of education is really yeah. interesting to me. That it's one of the most favorite things that I like to converse about. It's a favorite of mine to think about because then, you know, like I like to, you know, my master's education that I had at ASU, that the Hopi educational system was actually a big part of that thesis that I wrote. And so I've done a lot of quite a bit of research, at least into, you know, the, the start of the educational system here on Hopi, which was those Indian boarding schools and then transitioning into what it is that we have now. And, you know, it's a real interesting component because I really do feel like that the history of education has a huge part to play in how Hopi is in existing today. And then, you know, because then one of the things that I did want for us to talk about, and I think that we have talked about this to an extent in previous episodes, it's like, why, why is education important? Like, what is education? Because then, you know, I, I, I heard you make this comment outside of the podcast to somebody else that we were talking to, but it's how we think of what education is. Because then, you know, when you say the word education, I think that's what the thing that automatically comes into most of our minds is this idea of institutionalized education, Mm -hmm. which is the education that we're probably really going to end up talking about, which is those K through 12 educational systems. And then in turn, you have your universities, your colleges, your higher education educational institutions and so you know that that's the kind of the the biggest thing that comes into our play but then when you think about some of these other existing schools such as the Hopi Tetukaiki yeah which is the Hopi school out here and that is a form of an education educational system yeah it is an educational system although it doesn't quite follow the typical white man's version of what an educational format is and so I guess it's kind of introducing this idea of reframing what education is, because it, if you think about all of those years prior to you actually going to kindergarten, can you name anything that you learned just by either being home by whoever it was that you were home with? Um, if you're talking about like the like preschool or like just at, at home, basically mm-hmm. I have no idea. No idea. I, I'm a, I was a mush head kid back then. I didn't, I didn't, I probably ate like dirt every day. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> because then, you know, like, like you think that, okay, that for those of us that at least can comprehend our language to a degree, yeah, that the baseline for that education came during those years. Yeah. It came yeah. when we were between zero years old to four years old, right before we came to kindergarten. Because then, you know, wherever it is that we were being watched, whether that was with our own parents, with So and Kwa or anybody else. Yeah. That yeah. hearing them converse in the language or them in turn conversing with us, that's where we learned those things. Because then, like, you think about 
some of the questions that people ask you in this day and age. How do you say umbrella in Hopi? Or how do you say, you know, just like kind of these real basic sentences. How do you say this in Hopi? But then like when you really think about your, your, your lexicon, you know, this space of all these words that you know, you know so many words. And it didn't come from somebody sitting you down and saying, this is what this word means. Yeah. You learned it because you heard it being spoken. Yeah. You heard the people that were raising you talking, using that using these yeah, vocabulary using, words and then yeah. in turn them speaking to you in this way because then I get surprised with myself sometimes about how many words that I know and I know that that information didn't come to me in a classroom form setting but rather it came through action. It came through me hearing it being talked and then in turn then being talked to me and so basically you know my my point is that that's an educational process yeah that you were put we were put into an educational process and then in turn we learned something and so it's getting our minds out of these four walls a ceiling a teacher and then that being our education but really it goes beyond the four walls of a k-12 institution have you seen that um there's that meme that was going around and it was some guy that was uh teaching in front of uh or speaking to an audience and he shows them pictures of of like three different things so he shows them a carton buggy and said Mm -hmm. this is a hundred years ago and then this is a hundred years from now and then we have the car we have the car it's we we advanced you know this is what you know this is what produce looks like or something like that and this is what you know this is what something looks like and this is how we we are today you know we have a institutionalized where we're shopping more healthier and whatnot and then he shows a classroom he says this is from a hundred years ago classroom and then he shows a classroom that's in the now and it looks exactly the same there has been no progress in education in 100 years and he said that you know this is what happens when we get too comfortable on trying to on trying to um, you know achieve higher grades higher achievements mm-hmm. and if we can't if we can't uh, you know uh, what what he says what he say if we can't like uh, further ourselves if we can't do other things like this then we're going to be stuck in the past as always so that's basically what it is on the Hopi Reservation for about a good, I don't know when the school systems were uh, here. I'm not too sure what the year was, but that's how it's always been. You know, the kids go to school, they learn a Pahana way of learning, and then they go out and then try to get an education or try to get a job or try to get higher education like that. And that's basically how how school systems are you know you you go through one phase and they go through another phase and they go through and then you see you can basically just live the rest of your life whatever you learned and i'm pretty sure that's what you did in a way right well i I think that that statement more so than anything is a true indictment of our educational learning in 2023 to really get that much out of a meme and so (laughs) i i I can't endorse what you're saying is true or false but although i would probably lean more towards the false side (laughs) but if you really got that much out of a meme but i didn't really give you a chance to answer that question why is education important Education is important. Yeah. Why is education Why is education important? important? What are you referring to as uh, education as a whole? Are you talking about education as a as a forefront of something? Sure. Sure. Then education in the Bahana world is not important. <laughs> education in the Hopi world is important. Okay. Okay. All right. Do you care to expound? Okay. To on your point. Okay. To expand on the points here. When we say that education is important, when I say education is important in in the Hopi world, I'm meaning that we don't emphasize so much on what is what is Hopi basically. How do we how do we know what Hopi is? We know to a degree how to live like a Hopi on the weekends. We know how to do these things on the weekend. <laughs> But it's not it's not to where we're doing this every single day. Like with us, like with So and Kwa, we're not we're not like uh, I'm not there like learning what an Aya is or like learning what like uh, like this is uh, this is Titsqua uh, or you know different things like that. It's it's not to where it's like learning those different types. It, of things. It's really fun to think about those words that people don't think about, like Tatsikyo, yeah, or Ahakami. Uh, 
Yeah. Because no one sits you down and tells you this like, is what Tatsukyota means. Like this is this is what a kuyapi is. Or yeah. Like you know, yeah, yeah. Aku is and you know, this is it, it's like that. It's that it's that form of education that it should be taught basically just in that Hopi world. Like, you know, education all around you is there. Wherever you go, that you're learning the different words, you're learning the different actions, you're learning those different things like that. You're not, sometimes you don't even know that you're learning these things until you put them to use. And that's to me is education. That's the important part of it. The institutionalized education, like what you, like what you said, is that, you know, sitting down in a classroom learning two plus two equals five. And, you know, these are the, di- <laughs> these are the different types of, of institutionalized teachings. And so if you, if we break free of that, I mean, cause yes, it's important for, you know, for us to learn behind education. Uh, you, you, if for you, it was important to learn behind well, education. Well, well I, I guess, you know, th- throwing, throwing a wrench out there, like, um, why, why is education important? You said that the white man's education isn't important. Although, you know, I, I, I think that you could come up with some points where I would support a statement. Yeah. Such. But then, you know, you think about things that we don't think about. Like one thing that we don't think about, it's the law. It's the law. We, we have to get educated. We have to go to school because it's the law. Do we? Yes. There are other people that have not graduated from high school. There, it's. I think there's like... Close to sixty percent of Hotvela has not graduated high school. I, I, I won't quote you on that. I, I, <laughs> and I then, won't, we, this I is won't actually firm or this or, is actually uh, a true statement because there are there is a there are families out there that don't believe in I won't education. affirm or contend contest that statement, <laughs> but it is the law by by, by the law. Yeah, of, it is of, the law, but the federal government. When have when have it's we when have we ever followed that law? All the time, all the time. Schools are in session right now, and so somebody, some, someone out there somewhere here on the reservation is following the law. They sent so their basically kids to school. So I'm basically, the law. My kids two hundred. Right so basically, two hundred years ago, when our children, Hopi children, were being shipped off, being taken away, mm-hmm. it's basically the same thing that's happening today, right? If you think about it. If you if you don't yeah. send your kids to school, yeah. you're going to <laughs> yeah. be fine. You're, are you going to jail? Are you going to jail? Are you going to jail? Exactly. That's exactly what I mean. That education has not changed in over two hundred. That you learn from a meme. That you learn from a meme. That has to be yes. said. That you learned from a meme. Yes. Yes. And that's that's exactly <laughs> true. It's exactly true that us Hopis are still being internal genocide. By the hope that by the Pahan, you know, Pahan world is that we're actually the ones that are killing ourselves. It goes back to that, that the whole thing. You remember that AIM, the, the, the Indian group AIM? American Indian movement. Yeah, the American Indian movement back in the 70s. They were all about like the, the native rights. They're all about like, you know, this is what natives should be doing. This is mm-hmm. what, how we should fight against the, the government. Yeah. You know, the government yeah. repressed us all and whatnot. And, and when you think about it, the government won again uh-huh. because there's no more aim. Well, okay. Yeah, there's no more aim. There's no more, there's, there's a lot of repression still that's still going on, but yet we're, we're, we accept it now. Well, you know, I, I, I didn't realize that me sharing the story of you talking to the uh, scammers yeah. and then just the introduction for this episode would take a whole 30 minutes, <laughs> but it did. <laughs> And so if we could kind of just jump into kind of like, I guess the meat of, you know, what this episode was supposed to be was yeah. that, you know, this is what would have been the part or, you know, 10 minutes ago would have been the part where we brought on our guests our, and they would guest. have done their introduction. But really, I, I think that, you know, this whole topic of education, especially here on Hopi, and I'm sure it's probably true for any other native reservation, but it's such a huge topic of discussion. Yeah. Because then almost anybody out there, even if you don't have kids, you know somebody that's in our K through 12 educational system here on the reservation. I have two kids yeah. that go to one of seven one of our seven Hopi schools yeah. that are here on the reservation. You definitely know somebody that's going to school in one of these institutions that we here have here on the reservation. And, you know, I, I think that I've made this point multiple times that 
if you want to work out here on the reservation that our educational system is one of our biggest employers as far as to where you know you could get a job and so you know if you're somebody that really wants to move back home if you're out there trying to get a college degree that you know if you get a degree in the college I mean, I'm sorry in the educational system in the educational scope more than likely you'll be able to easier find a way to have a job out here and so I think that, you know, when we think about education, you know, outside of our opinions, outside of Carl and J-Man's opinion, mostly everybody would probably argue that education is important. Education. Because then, you know, outside of just uh, some of the more biases things that people learn about in schools like history, American history, yeah. and yeah. the lack thereof of natives within that history lesson, but kind of some more applicable things like uh, the sciences and mathematics, right? Like that is something that's supposed to help us grow as individuals and then in turn give us that opportunity for those that wanted to get a college education or even to go into a trade school because I believe that if you want to go into a trade school that one of the minimum qualifications is you have to have a high school diploma. Yeah. And yeah. so this idea that if you want to live in this white man's world at very minimum you have to have that high school diploma or a GED and even getting that GED still you have to undergo some sort of what we think of now as a traditional educational process, although I would argue more so is that it's more of a mainstream educational process because I think this idea of a traditional educational process uh, process, process from a Hopi perspective is much different. Yeah. It's much different from then, you know, what you're learning at any of the day schools that are out here. But I think that, you know, kind of some of the reasons as to why the educational systems and a lot of the schools out here are such a big topic of conversation out here on the reservation is because then, you know, per the last episode is that it does tend to be a place that creates where drama is created or drama is directed towards or drama is then uh, sourced outward yeah. towards the community. And then, like I said before, that anybody out there that's listening to this probably knows somebody that's within this educational system. And then so, you know, kind of one of the things that I had on my list is why would you send your child to any of the schools out here on Hopi? Like, what do you think some of the positives are for sending a kid to any one of our local schools here on the reservation? It's not about positivity. It's about the convenience part. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. No parent is going to say anything positive about their school system. It, it's, it's all about the convenience where you're located at. Like, you know, if you're from Second Mesa, you go down to Second Mesa School. It's convenient. You know, Second they, Mesa yeah. School. Yeah, it's convenient. The same thing goes with Hotvela and Bakavi and uh, so on and so forth. It's not about the positivity that your kid is going to be a scientist. There's no Hopi scientist out there. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> or there's no Hopi astronaut out there. I, I think that's a more accurate comment. There okay. you go. There's no, uh, you know, there's no, uh, you know, there's no Hopi president. You know, there's no, there's no. <laughs> I, I think you mean president of the United president States. President of the United States. True. Yes. That is true. And, and so, you know, it's not about the positivity about a school. It's about the convenience part of it. You know, your kid goes over there to learn about his ABCs and one, two, threes. Well, you know that um, what I've learned with, with the, with how much my foot is in the door with yeah. our educational systems out here that you actually do have a lot of uh, second Mesa people that send their kids to first Mesa yeah. elementary school. And then in turn, you have a lot of first Mesa people that send their kids to second Mesa day school. So then I guess that, uh, still the convenience that, that disproves. No, that it's comment. still, it's still the convenience. You know, it's, it's still the convenience part. They're not far apart. Actually, they're probably about 20 to 30 miles apart. That's so far. I think that also disproves that part of your argument. No, it's still, it's still the convenience so, okay, part. Okay, Mr. Convenience, yeah. keep going. Keep yeah. going. Keep going. <laughs> what was I saying before? It's, it's, uh, basically, you're kind of uh, uttering a lot of uh, false statements, but you keep, keep on going. Keep on going. <laughs> it's not false statements when you know that it's, it's kind of true in a way. <laughs> no, I, you know, it, the educational system out here, it's just basically the teaching of one, two, three ABCs, taking a test and see where you end up at. There is no really higher education. There is no really like secondary education out here. Okay, let me only let me... only if you really want to do it. Think about it. If if we were so great at at teaching like the. 
<laughs> if we were so great at teaching at a elementary level or at a you know a high school level, we would have like salutatorians like left and right. And to that, we, to that, we do. Hopi Junior Senior High School has a valid Victorian every single year. I know, but like they have a salute Victorian, whatever the hell that's called, every single year. <laughs> I know, but we should be actually having like tens and hundreds of kids actually being, you know, in that in that solution or in that little pile there. I think you're only allowed to have one of each. <laughs> why? 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 Why should you only have one? Because that that's the point of those titles. It's that you're the very best or the you're the very second best. Then why not have everybody as the best? Why not say that the education is here because all of you guys are the best? Because you it's an, it's an award to award those students it's that a try a little award. bit harder. It's a bahana award. Else. And then so you know, well well you know what see this this is the one part. This is probably like the one realm to where I can't bash on you because yeah. then you know I was as much a slacker as you probably were yeah. in high school. I was so. a salutatorian. No, you. Weren't. I was. No, you were. Yeah. Did no, you, you, no didn't, you weren't. You, you didn't even go to the graduation. No, so how do you know? I was there. <laughs> I was there. Okay. So so I guess you know really the question that I was trying to ask is that okay let's say you had this opportunity right to okay. either send your kids to school here on the reservation. Or do you want to send them to elsewhere? Flagstaff High School, for example, because they have that Kithlani dorm to where, you know, they, you don't even have to live out there as a family to, yeah. for your child to go to school there that you can just send them to the dorm and then they could live there. Then in turn, you know, like why then would you choose sending your child to a Hopi school rather than to a school outside of the reservation? And as a parent, for me, you know, one of the things that kind of quickly comes to mind is that it allows your student to at least kind of somewhat strengthen their identity as a Hopi person, because then in turn, you know, they're probably more than likely going to be in a classroom with other Hopi students that at some point in time that they'll come across another Hopi educator that you hope would then utilize that some of our culture to educate and then so you know I, I would say that that's a reason a pro as to sending your kid to one of our schools I think that you know I guess to an extent you know the convenience the fact that you know it's in your own backyard that you could send your child to the closest school that lives to you and I'm sure that there are families that do that because then the bus goes to wherever it is that you live and then in turn you can just put your kid on that bus and then then in turn the bus brings them back and then so you know those are kind of some of the pros that I could think about and you know and that is the unfortunate thing is that, that that's the only two pros <laughs> that I could really think about but then you think about the cons right what, yeah. what are some of the cons to our educational system I would argue that uh, opportunity because then you know like for guys like us right when we think about school we only think about the times in between 8 a.m. and 3 p.m. Yeah. to where we were actually in school. And then when you think about the subjects, right, you only think about mathematics, you only think about language arts, you only think about history, you only think about um, culture, you know, there was only yeah. some sort of aspect yeah. of culture class, and you only think about the sciences. Yeah. And so our understanding of what an educational system can provide to you as a student is very limited because really that's the only thing that we think about but then when you think about some of these more well-funded schools that they have things like robotics they have things like extracurriculars that just go beyond Water science fountains. mathematics and then you know what it is that we have and so you know i think that a lot of the schools out here that they struggle to provide a lot of those additional opportunities. And oftentimes that if you wanted to have a robotics extracurricular, you, have to you had to have a staff member that was an expert in robotics. Yeah. And so let alone these schools struggling just to have enough math teachers, just to have enough science teachers, to have enough history teachers, let alone having somebody that has such an uh, above and beyond understanding of something else that you could yeah. bring into the school. Yeah. And so, you know, I would argue that, that that's one of the cons of uh, our school system out you, here. Could you be an educator 
in this current state. Fuck no. <laughs> Fuck no. And, and, and see, you know, I, that, that, was, that, was, that was an aspect of education that I also wanted to talk about because, you know, yeah. I, I really did try. Well, I, I, I guess you could argue how, how hard I really tried when I asked a lot of these people last minute <laughs> to be on the podcast. But I, I really wanted to bring somebody in that worked within the educational field yeah. because then I really wanted to get the ex, the the word from somebody who has experienced working in the trenches. Yeah. Because then, you know, for, like for World War Three. For for you yeah. and I, for you and I that we can really only speak from a limited perspective. Me, I can only speak from a parent perspective. I can only speak from a student perspective because we were both once students of our Hopi educational system here. And then I can only speak also too from an extended experience that I don't want to mention because then the I then I in turn fall in with a lot of these educators being fearful about you know being too negative and having some sort of lashback although to be honest I really don't have any fear because I did mention this comment to you before we started recording in the land of the Hopi reservation where negligence is not frowned upon but rather you know it it, it goes on as Every th- business continues, and so you know, I, I've I've seen a lot of really bad things happen to where people aren't held accountable. So therefore, I in turn am not afraid of any type of backlash. Yeah, from anything that I have to say. But then you know, and I guess really you know that was the purpose of why I wanted to get the voice of somebody who has been there because it, then like, yeah. like yeah. it's like teaching is such a hard profession. It is. It's a hard profession to be in because then, you know, depending on where you work, I think that that really dictates a lot of your experience because then, you know, out here on the reservation, I would say that our class sizes probably range anywhere from 15 to 30 students. Yeah. And then I've spoken with educators, school board members from bigger schools and bigger school districts from bigger cities and that their school classrooms can go anywhere from 40 to 60 students. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that wherever it is, the district that you worked in dictates a whole lot. Of, of your educational experience. And then in addition to that, one of the biggest things about education is that the home dynamic has so much to do with the students that then go into these educational yeah. systems. And so what I mean by that is that if you have a student that comes from a dysfunctional home, that they're carrying a lot of that dysfunction into the classroom. Yeah. That if you have yeah. students that have a good home setting, then in turn they're going into school with some sort of sense that they some know sort of they know how to act. Yeah. They know how to act in some instances, and so that in turn determines the day of what an educator is like. And then so you know these educators, in addition to working with a very diverse student pool. That you have good Jimmies, you have really bad Carls, and you have some really happy Sallies that, you know, that really changes. And they have to really educate pivoting on a foot and how they are able to perform their job. Uh, Let me ask you this. If you were to go back and to see yourself in that educational or in that education or in that classroom, would you be would you be able to teach yourself something in that I think so I think so I, I feel like that I was a pretty well behaved so so meaning that so meaning that so meaning that back then it was a more stable environment of learning versus today's environment of learning I I don't think so I I, I you know what that, that's actually a really good question because then you know I think that some of the things that affected us back then don't affect kids today. And I think what some of the things that affect kids today didn't affect us back then. Yeah. And in saying that, one of the hugest things that affect children today is social media. Yeah. Is social media, this idea of cyberbullying is something that is in existence. Yeah. It is a hindrance on our children's education. And, you know, it always takes me back to that uh, Cobra Kai show because then you know the guy the, the main guy he's one of the funniest lines that yeah. I've ever heard in television it's like you know back back in my day you know if you wanted to bully somebody you had to bully somebody in their, their face, face. <laughs> with honor and then now today you know if you want to bully somebody like a pussy you do it from behind a screen yeah and with a keyboard you know um, thinking about that education wise and 
Uh, so in all in all, yes, education back then wasn't so much influenced by a worldwide web, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We did have mm-hmm. internet. Internet was around in 1993. That's mm-hmm. when it first came out. But then it wasn't to where it was like, this is what was affected to us. You know, we didn't grow up with technology. We grew up, we grew up along with technology. We didn't grow up, you know, we didn't grow up to the technology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that went, that kind of affected us in a way. And today's students, they're growing up with the technology. They are. Hand. Yeah. They are. And that affects them in their way of learning. Mm-hmm. And that affects the, the whole idea of the educational system. Well, I, I also don't think it just affects the students. It affects the employees mm. of our schools because then in turn that, you know, you have kids. Yeah. And you see the kids, whether that's in school or anywhere else, you see them and you have something in between their hands and you see their head down because they're on something. Yeah. But that's not just true for children, that it's also true, true for, for adults. adults. Yeah. And then so when the adults are allowed to carry their devices into the school setting and that oftentimes that you see some of these adults with the same habits that these children have. But really, you know, I, it's funny because then, you know, when I invited that these guests to come on and they had concerns about what it is that we were going to talk about. My reassurance was that we're going to have to do a whole introductory period. So I really don't think that we're going to get into (laughs) specifics (laughs) and looking at the clock 40 minutes in, (laughs) we have yet to get into the the real specifics of it. But but see, I guess really that just speaks to how complex education is. And then even the complexities of the educational systems today, because then, you know, really talking about, um, I guess really just talking about education specifically to the reservation education specific to Hopi is that ideally ideally when you talk to anybody and you ask them that question is education important more than likely they're going to answer yes yeah and then you ask them you know do you know somebody is there anybody that you love that are in any of these schools, more than likely anybody, more than likely we answer yes. Yes, there's somebody, whether it's their own child, a niece, a nephew, a cousin, a grandchild, somebody. And then so when you ask them, what would you like to see from our Hopi schools? But the fact that they have somebody that's within these institutions that they love, then they're going to come up with this huge list, this huge list of ideal circumstances that they want our schools to have and some of those points might be we want certified teachers yeah in yeah. every single classroom we want extracurricular activities for our students that way they're learning something more than just you know the sciences the mathematics and then the languages the history kind of that real core of education that we think of and then they might say something we want our children to at least be on this pathway to where they're college ready by the time that they leave high school, then you think about our elementary schools is that, you know, they might say something like we want our schools to be able to prepare our students for a, a good middle school and then in turn a high school experience. And so having them academically ready for these things and then in turn, you know, just real basic things, you know, we want up-to-date equipment for our classrooms. We want adequate facilities. We want um, good people working in our schools. That way we don't have fear of harassment, sexual abuse, or anything to that nature. And so, you know, like the list just goes on and on and on and on and on. But then, you know, realistically, when you look at our institutions today, that, you know, you ask yourself, do any of these schools have every single item checked off every aspect on, of what on, you're yeah. on on this imaginary yeah, yeah. Uh, on this imaginary list want list yeah. imaginary want list and then more than likely the reality of it is that it's going to be no yeah that more than likely the unfortunate reality is, is that it's going to be far from far from and i i think that you know when you think about that problem that our schools aren't necessarily measuring up to the idealistic dreams of our communities and what they want our schools to be. What do you think that are some of the issues that impede our schools to be able to clear this this expectation of our people? Students. Students are impeding the school systems. <laughs> low test scores. Low, test scores. low test scores. No, think about it. Think about it. That kids today, 
don't take education seriously. It's not because education is supposed to be serious. It's supposed to be just teaching you the basics of how to survive in the world and to survive in the Bahana world, basically. And that's what that's what basically schools are supposed to do. It's supposed to teach you the common parts of this is what's going to happen. This is what is going to make or break you as a person. To be a good person, to be a good person in, in the society or to be somewhat that you can further on yourself or to take care of yourself. But yet we lost that way of, of thinking. Our parents lost that way of thinking that. And so it trickles down to the, the student saying that, oh, yeah, I don't need to do that because my parents said that it's it's mm-hmm. not a it's not an important thing to do. You know, I don't care if I, you know, get a jaywalk across and, you know, it's not going to impede my my motion there. I'm not going to learn anything from it. And it's it's those different types of things that happen on the basic level there. And so when you think about it, that, yes, students are impeding the school systems. If you really think about it. I'm not saying that we, <laughs> I know it sounds weird. I know it sounds weird, but it, it is. It, it's the students that are impeding your own higher, your own education, their own education. It's not, it's not saying that we shouldn't be sending our kids to school. It's, it's because our, the way that us, uh, it's the way that we think about the school systems. You, you know, I, 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 I want to say that that statement is like saying how come the corn's not growing it's because of the seeds that we're putting into the ground that that's why but then you know like like you plant some bad seeds yeah it doesn't grow yeah but then you plant good seeds and those good seeds grow and so you know i i would only say that partial of that statement is correct but then again partial of that statement is also i feel like is incorrect all of the is correct as, all of, as everything well. i say is but correct. you know and, and it really <laughs> I, I guess and see that's the thing is that like i guess that would be the importance of having somebody that's actually in the trenches to really you know kind of think about what what is the reason why our yeah. schools are unable to get above this level and then it's like oh carl and jayman are just bashing our schools out here what do they know they just admitted that they didn't you know have any any foot in the door but then it's like you know you you have measurables right you have measurables what are some of those measurables measurables is graduation rates measurables are test scores measurables are retention rates and then you know i think that anybody out there with these real number numbers would argue that they're all down all across the board through our school our schools and so you know i guess that would be the bottom line as to say why our schools aren't performing to the level that we would like them to but that you know there, there are, are, are a few things that I can think of off the top of my head as to why we can't get to where it is that we would truly like to get to the promised land with our schools. I think one big thing, and anybody can understand this, is funding, as the lack of funding that our schools have. Because then, you know, all of our schools here on the reservation are grant schools, meaning that all of the funding that all of our schools get are from the federal government, that some of the various schools might have, you know, grants from other different sources, but, you know, primary uh, source of the funding, it comes from the federal government so there's no public schools there's no public schools on the reservation although there's one private school and that's the school that's located right next to us and that's the the former Hopi Mission School now the yeah, it's, now um, the Peace Academy Center, the Hopi which language immersion school and then well, yeah. well that's another school but uh, this school that the studio from a recording in is a functioning school, I think. <laughs> and in yeah, the funding, so. the, the funding source is private, but then, you know, for all of these other schools that they're all funded by the government. And so there are no public schools, no state funded schools here on the reservation. Although you and I did graduate from a publicly funded. Yeah. School, we graduated from a state school. school yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, so, you know, I think that in turn, there's like a whole nother, bag of worms when it comes to where this money comes from because then you know there's rules that are set forth by the people that give the schools these money and then in turn you know I I think that because the fact that with the lack of funding that salaries for certified teachers is always a 
topic that people like to talk about that our local schools don't you know, pay as much. You know, I think that's a myth. As as the neighboring school districts. I think that's a myth. Why do you think that's a myth? Yeah, because most teachers get thirty to fifty thousand dollars a year. The same thing as working at the local tribe over here as well, too. So Well well I, I, it, not unless you're talking about like the honoris, honoris. That's true. Yeah, that's true. But then when you're thinking about off if reservation I want to work, off reservation. But we're talking about their salary. We're talking about on reservation fifty. Schools. But then see, no. But that that's a whole conversation because then if you went through all of those years to get your educational degree, yeah. And this is the craziest thing to me, right? Like you go through all those years to get your educational degree. I swear to God, like going to school to become a teacher is just like going to school to, to become, become a, a doctor, a medical yeah. doctor, yeah. because you got to get your bachelor's degree and you're not done there when you get no. your bachelor's degree no. that you have to do all of these hours yeah. in the classroom. And then in, in turn, you have to get your certification, certification, which is a whole nother process. And then, so in order to do all of that, then you're expected to work for thirty-five or thirty-eight to forty thousand dollars a year. That's not worth it to a lot of people. So then, in turn, if the neighboring school district, Winslow, Holbrook, Flagstaff, if they're hiring starting salaries at forty-five to fifty, then it's like, which option would you take? The convenience or the money? A lot of us would take the money. True. But then there is that convenience part. Like, you know, I want to sure, come home sure. and Some teach. People, yeah. I, I wouldn't argue. Yeah. I wouldn't argue that, There's that, that there isn't anybody that doesn't do that. I'm sure that there remember, are. Remember at our, at our uh, graduation speech where the guy said that, go out, get an education, come back and teach your people uh-huh. what you have learned. Uh-huh. None of us are doing that. None of, none of us are doing that. Not you. I know you are not. You you demand I, I do it every day. You demand money I, I for your you demand money first. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I I got I, I watch my bank account to make sure that the deposit goes, goes in first, first, and then I'll before, teach you something before I even open before I even introduce myself. No, but then you know I I guess you know that that I would argue that that's a part of you know like the funding that's part of it. And then I think as far as funding goes, another part of it is facilities. Yeah. Because then, you know, yeah. just like your house, you have to pay either with cash or your own back labor to upkeep your home. And that's the same thing that's true with all of our schools physically that you have to pay. You have to pay no matter what, because then even if you're doing it yourself, you're still paying your employees, whoever's responsible for to do it. And then you look at all like if you were to do an assessment and I think so, I think there is an assessment out there somewhere of all of our schools. But then if you were to look at that assessment of all of our schools, that some of our schools are real old. Oh, yeah. And the fact that they're real old requires lots of upkeep. Yeah, lots of maintenance. Lots of maintenance. And then in turn, your maintenance budget, your facilities budget is just through the roof. Yeah. And then you can't have certain things because then like that, like, you know, there's all these rules in place to make sure. The funny funny thing is, is that uh, in Hodvela, their school is about close to 60, 70 years old because it was built back in the 1940s. It's one of the oldest schools. One of the older schools. And... They they said that they're they're gonna be getting a newer school like you know a nicer facility and whatnot and they you know they have they're gonna be uh, shovel ready and they're gonna be tearing down the school to make a bigger and more better school. What did they get? They got a they got a playground. They got a playground and <laughs> and some cement to make a to make a basketball court. That's about that it. Was it huh? That's it. Yeah. So at least we're at least the kids are having fun outside. And, you know they're. They're falling, deteriorating buildings. So, but but the money has a lot to do with you know yeah, the, money the, the impeding progress. And then you know I think that another thing too, off the top of my head, is that I I don't think that our community members out there really realize how much this idea of being rural plays into part of the success of anything out here on the reservation. Yeah, because then you know I think. A lot of us, especially those of us that grew up out here. Well, you guys grew up out here. I didn't grow up out here. Yeah, you're behind me. <laughs> but for those of you that grew up out here, like you're comfortable here. Yeah. Like because this is your home. That this, this is, is what home this is. This is what you're adjusted to. This is, you know, there, there's no issue. 
no. living out here no. because you're so accustomed to it. But then for those folks that might have been raised in the cities, like it's a huge culture shock to come live out here because then if you want groceries out here, and we've talked about this a lot already. It's like, if you want groceries out here, where the hell do you go? If you need services outside of just grocery shopping, where do you have to go? You have to drive miles to someplace else. Mm-hmm. And for your argument, convenience, that's too inconvenient for a lot of people to want to live in a rural community. And like you have rural communities, because by definition, Tuba City is a rural community. Yeah. By definition, places like Sholo is a rural community. Even Flagstaff is considered a rural community. But then you have Hopi. Like Hopi is, there's rural and then a couple of layers below that, there's Hopi. Like Hopi is in the middle of nowhere. Like Hopi is beyond this idea of rural. And then so trying to convince folks that have these certifications, that have these educational degrees, that have this wealth of experience to live out here in education and and to educate our children is a process in itself. And then so when you look at that list of, you know, things that our community members might say they want in our schools, we want certified teachers in every single classroom. Then in turn, that becomes a challenge because then all of these people that go on to get their educational degrees, that get their certifications, that they're wanting to live in a place that's more convenient for them. And then so coming out here to Hopi, then in turn, it's a whole nother different discussion. And you really see it optically now with our schools and their struggles to get just certified teachers because did you know did you know that a lot of our schools now are employing Filipino teachers oh, teachers yeah. from the Philippines We've gone out with a uh, several several one of them <laughs> we had a uh, we had we had pho and we had whatever with pork chops I don't know what they what they cook but I said Philippines not <laughs> Vietnamese <laughs> goes to show you that my education wasn't worth worth keeping so i i I pointed that several times throughout this episode (laughs) okay okay all right so you know like and you know what you know what before i start continue to rambling on i think we need a part two of this episode because we we barely we we barely barely, we didn't even get to the juicy part no 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 no. probably wanted to hear about education on the reservation so let me ask you this are you happy with your education with the education that, that I've you received, received. I, I don't think so. I would say no. I would say I, I'm not happy with it. I, I'm not happy with it because that in turn, when I've learned a little bit more about education yeah. and I've learned a little bit more about the edu- about the strategies yeah. to try to bring kids that were struggling up, that none of that was in place in any of the school levels that we were in. I feel like that when they cast out the first net and gave out the first lesson, it's like whoever was whoever was paying attention and actually learning, they're the ones that floated up to the top. And those of us that weren't paying attention because we didn't care, yeah. they kind of just left us and yeah. said like, well, if you guys are going to struggle, then good luck. And, you know, you're, you're just going to struggle. It's up to you to want to be good at being a student. It's up to you to do your homework and et cetera. But then it's like when you hear the conversations that go behind the scenes that, you know, they want every student to succeed. Yeah. But then were we really given that extra help to succeed? And I would say no. You know, one thing, uh, and I probably can tell this um, on the podcast, and, but and I'm not going to tell it on the podcast. Wait, 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 let me say this one more time okay. and I'll shut up, I promise. I wanted to say this before we started. I wanted to say that, you know, I apologize to all of my teachers out there yeah. that have ever, because I'm probably going to say some things that have uh, some sort of effect on you as an educator. But, you know, yeah, some of you guys were my favorites. And then the other thing that I wanted to say is probably going to be more so true for the next episode, the part two of this topic, is that this episode is dedicated for all the hard workers, 
all the hard workers within our educational systems because then you know even though as a whole we may not really be where it is that we want to be but I want to acknowledge that there are hard workers out there that are doing their best to try to educate our students and then in turn I also wanted to say that in addition this episode is also dedicated to those slackers out there that work within our educational system and who are only there to catch a cash a paycheck this episode more so the part two will probably be more so dedicated to you so I, I, I'm done I'm okay done. so like you know I, I wanted to share something about myself in the educational field but I will tell that on our uh, on our uh, paid pro- podcast so if you guys want to listen to my my thing there because it is really great it is really good it's, <laughs> it's pretty juicy and stuff like that but uh, if you guys want to do that go to anchor dot anchor.fm slash CJ podcast 85 to become a paid sponsor and to listen to some of those uh, episodes there so uh, it's only seven ninety nine a month I, you know, I, I, okay, I'm sorry. I guess I'm not done. Okay. I can't believe that we talked for a whole hour and we didn't even crack the surface. Like, that's so crazy to me. What do you mean? I got my rants out. I don't know what's going on with you. I'm okay with my education. I'm so glad that I don't have to go back. <laughs> if you're not following us on our social media accounts, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Carl in J-Man. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, don't forget to give us a five-star review because your podcast isn't five stars unless your Apple Podcast says it's five stars. If you're listening to this on something other than Spotify, don't forget to li- second listen on Spotify to get help us out to get a little bit more change in our pockets. You know, um, I'm going to give you a little quiz here. See, see if that education, that master's degree is still intact. Okay. So what is the country or what country is the Great Wall of China in? Uh, China. All right. What two countries border the United States? Uh, Mexico. The Hopi Res. Canada. <laughs> Failed. <laughs> How many days of the week end with the letter Y? Uh, every day except for every day. <laughs> You're failing right now. <laughs> okay, last question. What is 30% of 30? 100? <laughs> you failed. I'm pretty sure that's- uh, I think all my answers are correct. <laughs> no. What are you talking about? 30% of 30 is nine. Wait, no, you said, what's- wh- What is 30% of 30? Oh, stupid. Okay. Yeah, I got that wrong. Yeah. See, education-wise. Well, get us out of here, man. It's, it's hot. failing. It's hot in here. It's failing. All right. Well, if you guys got this far, thank you guys again for listening to Carl and J-Man Save the World podcast. My name is Carl, and this is my best friend, J-Man. So long. Quack, quack.